Hello everyone and welcome back to Pieces from Prison. I'm Ariel and this is my sister and co-host Adriana. Hello. And we are so glad to have you back for our second episode. Now before I get into our new letter, I want to say that I got a response from the man that we talked about from last week's letter. So at the end, I'll be reading some of that and answering some of the questions that I asked him. So stay to the end for that. So for this week's letter, it comes from a man who insists he is wrongfully convicted. Now, I can't really have an opinion on that, but when I looked at the case, there were some points that raised some questions. So you can decide for yourself at the end if you think he is truly innocent or guilty. Also, before I start reading this letter, um, his story has a lot to do with two locations. I didn't want to leave them out because they're pretty important to the story. So I'm going to use code code words instead. Okay, so okay, so you're gonna use. I'm trying to figure out. You're gonna use like a like a fake city name. I'm going to use planet. Okay. (laughs) I'm gonna. Okay, so. The planets that I'm going to use are going to be Pluto and Jupiter. Pluto's not even a planet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Whatever. Um, so just keep that in mind as I'm reading this. So yeah. If someone skips ahead, it's going to be so funny when they hear, I'm from Pluto. They're going to be like, what am I listening to? Okay. Anyways. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, hear this though. <laughs> All right. So we'll get into the letter. So it reads, Dear Ariel, how are you doing today? I pray that you're doing as well as can be and is maintaining the best of health and spirit. I just received your letter and it is really good to hear from you. I'm a 31-year-old male from Pluto. Okay. Growing up, I was raised in a Christian family. Every adult member in my family taught us as kids to be respectful, honorable, caring, and loyal to the people we love. As a family, we were perfect, but I grew up in poverty, so everyone in my neighborhood was forced to do what they could to survive. I was fortunate to have had some of the best men in my life, so I did not fall victim to my circumstances. Even though I had a lot of positive influence in my life, And now, all of my friends, with the exception of one, are dead. The craziest thing is that most of my friends killed each other. The only bad thing I really did growing up was selling drugs. Wow, he says that most of his friends killed each other. I know. That is crazy to think about. I mean, I don't know what the circumstances are surrounding that. That's another. Why that happened. So we'll have to okay, ask you can keep going. Sorry. Follow up on that because I'm You're just stuck <laughs> out. You're fine. Okay. I know. Um, he says, the only bad thing I really did growing up was selling drugs. I was so young that it was more of a hobby to me, but the people that I was around always made me look worse than I really was. Okay. okay. So, so far it sounds so remember like that he's, to me and it, he grew up in poverty, but he has kind of a typical childhood um i mean selling drugs is not like out of the ordinary for a lot of i know people in the united states um i know i mean i don't know what it was but yeah so 
I know. It, I mean, it sounds like good family. He had people to look up to. So that's okay. good. Um, so remember he is from mm-hmm. Pluto. So just, yeah. In 2005, I moved to Jupiter, okay. which was five and a half hours away from Pluto. At that time, I was only 15 years old. For some reason, Pluto people have a really bad reputation. So four months after living in Jupiter, I was wrongly accused of two robberies. Mm. One was not even a robbery. I was walking with about 10 people, males and females, when one of the guys I was with punched another guy walking by, and the guy threw his wallet and ran off. I went to jail for both robberies, and the other robbery I did not know anything about. At 15 years old, I was sent to fight my case in adult jail. After fighting both cases for 19 months, I took a plea of two years just to go home because it was better than 99 years oh, when my I might gosh. have gotten that trial. I know. That's... 99 years. I know robbery is a serious crime. It's terrible. But people get less for a lot more. 99. Worse. I know. 99 years for a 15 Also, year that old. just shows how how people can get forced into taking plea deals, even for things that they didn't do. Just because it's easier and then it like ends up making these long-term consequences. Yes, that's a really good point. And especially it, it is a really long time, especially if he didn't know anything about it, like mm-hmm. he says he does. I don't know how true that is, but I mean I don't so blame does him he, for did taking he say that what the plea, plea deal, deal was? Two two years in prison. Adult prison oh for a fifteen year old. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just putting it out there that I did look up Pluto in quotations, where he, mm-hmm. where this took place at, and it's still, that can still happen. Like, nothing's changed about that. Wow. That's still, like, the case. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Um, so, the, um, going on. I did the rest of my two-year sentence in adult prison. I discharged my sentence one month before I turned 18 years old. I was only out for six months before I was accused of first-degree murder. At this time, I was 18 years old. The crime was said to have happened on a time and date when I was in Pluto, which is where he was from. Um, I did not know anything about this crime until I was pulled over by police, and they told me I was wanted for murder in Jupiter. I was then arrested in Pluto and extradited to Jupiter. I was eventually sentenced to serve 99 years in prison and am currently working to get my case overturned. I am now writing self-help and personal development books trying to make enough funds to get someone to look into my case. Um, he says, I finished my first book, but I'm trying to get someone to publish it. I'm waiting on an answer. Oh. So it's basically where his So if anyone's ends. listening and you would be interested in taking on a case, if you're a lawyer, reach out to us. I know. Yes, and we will make his identity known to you but i i was really curious to see like what kind of evidence that they had against him so i was looking and online it lists the reasons as to why this person says he's innocent and i'll read some of these to you um he argues that the evidence was insufficient because one 
There was no physical evidence linking him to the crime. I feel like that's crime. a huge thing. There's Two. no... I mean... I know. There's no physical evidence? <laughs> Just wait. Okay. Just wait. Another person at the scene had gun residue on their hands, but this person did not. Okay. Which is also pretty vague. Um, number three... Another person at the crime scene held the gun and did not tell the 911 operator that the man who wrote the letter was the okay. shooter. Which 911 calls did he are name kind someone of a big else, deal. Or did he just not name anyone? I don't okay. think he named anybody. So there were multiple people there. And um during this. Yes. It was like a group of like I think like three okay. or four people. And so Number four is another person owned the gun. So it wasn't even his gun, which, mm -hmm. I mean, doesn't really make too much of a difference, but it's important to know. And the most important one, I think. Yeah. Well, they're all important. I don't know. Maybe it's not the most important one. But there was evidence placing him in Pluto at the so time. So he the had, like, a good alibi. So there's evidence that he, Yeah. I mean, apparently not good enough, but he had an alibi. How did they I don't check this out or say that why they still believe that he was over here? It's it's really complicated. But um, so anyways, I wrote a response to him and I will mention some of the things I asked him. So one big question that I had was how well he knew the people that he was supposed to have been with at the time the murder mm -hmm. took place. When I read through the case, I said he was supposedly with a group of like, like I said earlier, like four people. And later on in court, they said that they all saw him the shoot the victim. So it kind of just left me wondering like what relationship he had. With so you're saying people. the people that he was with in Pluto said that they saw him shoot the man that was in, I forget the other yeah but so so these <laughs> people kind of so he is <laughs> saying yeah. that he's innocent and he didn't do anything but they're saying who are supposed to be his alibi saying that they actually saw him commit the murder yes they all like the group everybody that was there all testified against him in court and mm -hmm. said that they he's the one that shot so then him. your question is how well do you know them but he's saying yeah, like, who are they? Like, were you even there? Like, he's saying he wasn't even there. Why would these people mm -hmm. put this on you randomly? I don't know. It's just all very confusing. So what else did you ask him? Um, I also asked him um, just how he's adjusted to prison, what his experience has been like so far. Um, he mentioned he's writing self-help books, so it seems that he's being productive for this time. And so, yeah, once he writes back to me, I'll let everyone know his response. So, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt he made mistakes. He's not saying he's completely innocent. And it sounds like he hung around a lot of bad people. Not bad people, but just not the best people to surround yourself with. Um, just based on what he wrote. But the most important part of the story is that someone lost their lives at the hand of someone else, and the person who did that deserves to be in prison. Whether the person is this man or someone else, someone needs to be doing time for that. 
If it is the person who wrote the letter, then 100% he deserves to be in prison. Poverty and getting caught up in the things going on in your neighborhood does not justify murder, and it definitely doesn't make it easier for the victim's family to heal. But you can't help but ask yourself, what if someone else did commit the murder? And then that person is out walking the streets, living freely, and possibly causing more harm to countless amounts of people. I'm not saying this man is innocent, but it's not entirely impossible. So if he is, I hope someone comes across his case, and then hopefully he can help it. Help yeah, get I it overturned. Yeah, I we owe it to everyone to actually, like, seriously, I don't know, look into the cases and make sure that the person that we're putting behind bars is the person who's responsible, because otherwise, that's not justice. I know. I feel like, and this might not be true, but I feel like so many people just want someone to be doing the time just to make everybody feel a little bit at ease or feel a little bit better. But it's it's not doing yeah. anything if it's the wrong person. That was an interesting story. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if he's, I know, if he's guilty, then he has a long time left to go. But, um, so now that's the end of that. So now we're going to go on to the response. And it's so crazy that I got this letter just today. Yeah. Just in time for us to make this episode. So that's really exciting. Um, so if you haven't listened to episode one, you should go back and listen to that because it's a really good story. Um, so I'm just going to read some highlights from his response. If you guys remember, I said on the last episode that I asked him if he thinks his exposure to drugs at a young age might have affected him wanting to do drugs later on in life. So his response to that was that he thinks it's more to do with his personal surroundings and peer pressure. So he says, and I quote, I didn't start using drugs, well weed, till I got to my sophomore and junior year. I wanted to fit in so bad. I had thought that was the best path at the moment, and after feeling that first high, I was curious about other drugs like cocaine and eventually meth. I never tried to do morphine again, but when I got older, I saw that morphine was just as addictive as any other drug out there. I realized, I realized that not knowing as a child that I was addicted, me personally, I don't think it played a role in my adult life, but I honestly can't say that anyone else in my shoes could say the same. Opioids can be a life changer for most. They are very addictive. Not many can live without them, and I'm thankful that I finally got sober. Now that I am sober and off the drugs, I don't think it would be hard for me to live without drugs in the outside world. I can tell you this, and as crazy as it sounds, I'm glad I got locked up. In a way, it saved me. I'm not ecstatic about serving a 40-year sentence, but at the same time, the path I was going, I probably would have ended up dead. Currently, prison has taught me to be grateful for all the little things after being stripped from all material possessions. It taught me that materialistic things don't make us who we are. It's the things that we do and how we treat one another that truly defines who we are. I've done horrible things in my past, and now all I want to do is help and inspire the next person. So far, I signed up for some vocational trades like carpentry, welding, electrical, and I plan on building houses for the helpless and people who can't afford to buy one. No one should ever have to be without a home, and if I can help in some sort of way, I will. 
whether for profit or not. I've learned to be more humble in here every day. I study something different, whether it's relevant or irrelevant. I can tell you I'm taking advantage of all the free time I have in here, and I'm working on being a better man wow. as well as a human being. It sounds like so he is really, really like answer. turned I know. a bad situation into a good one. I know. How many yeah. people can say I'm and he's glad like helping I'm other people, up. like trying to better himself? I know he's really trying to get back to the world, and yeah, hopefully he follows through with that when he gets out. Um, so there's a little bit more. There's a little bit more. Okay. Then lastly, I asked him about his family and his relationship with his daughter, and he said, I call them about three to four times a week. I check up on them as much as I can. I don't know what I'll do or if I'll ever be able to forgive myself if something were to happen to them while I'm in here. That's my worst fear. Like I mentioned before, it's just us four, and we stay strong together. I don't remember the last time we fought or argued. I tell them I love them and appreciate them every chance I get. He said his sister is doing really well for herself and is successful. And he also said that his child's mother has used this as an excuse to keep him away from his daughter. He says, I don't know where she's at. And that really fucks me up. As much as I want to be in my daughter's life, it's not possible from in here. So those are all, yeah. So all the questions, but understandable. But perhaps when him. he gets out, they can have some kind of reuniting. I know. I hope it is important for a father to be in his daughter's life. So hopefully, hopefully they can rekindle their relationship mm-hmm. as time goes on. And so okay. Well, that was yeah, a good. Those it. are two good stories. You got two and so one. I have, <laughs> I know. All right. So, if anyone, like I said last week, if anyone has any questions that they would like me to ask anybody that was in this letter, you can just send us an email. You can go to our website, PFP, as in Patients from Prison, pfppodcast.com. You'll find all of our contact information there. You can just send us an email. And we'll do what we can. And then. Okay. Yeah. That was a good one. That's basically it. All right. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Everybody have a good weekend. Bye.